This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome back in. You were listening to the November 2nd, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And we are brought to you by the fine folks over at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. And joining me today on the show is an NFL and NHL writer over at the Fantasy Labs. Labs of Fantasy, that's Action Sports Network. He covers just a ton of great content in terms of breaking down the models for sports, covering off on betting lines, player props, etc. He talks about how to best leverage player and team stacks for GPPs, etc. Welcome to the show, Joe Hoko. That's Joe... Uh, at Joe Holka on Twitter. And be sure to check him out over on the Twitch stream over there. That's twitch.tv. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Slash Joe Hoka for all you uh for all you old folks out there, there there's this new streaming capability out there apparently. So uh, Joe, my man, what's good? Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And uh, Twitch isn't that scary, trust me. It's it's pretty much <laughs> just a souped up version of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know it, we sit here and we're podcasting about fantasy football and we're out there on Twitter, right? But like if you look back five years ago, ten years ago, you talk about all the missed opportunities in terms of like content production and getting shit out there to the peoples, right? I mean, we we've been missing out on you know just millions and millions of viewers that are literally watching other people play video games for the fun of it. I I, I mean. I've played video games my whole life, Joe, and I mean, to know that I could have been making money at the same time, I mean, my kids are watching other people play Fortnite for crying out loud, and I'm going, what is going on here? It's crazy. It, it's There's an argument that content's just going to be completely different um, in the near future, even, because that's kind of how people want to consume their content. They want to hang out with you. They don't They don't want to read a 1,500-word article that breaks down the slate, Um that's just kind of the direction things are going. So it's kind of an untapped market right now. So I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, hey, it it is an instantaneous, spontaneous type of interaction these days. Everything is coming at you flying fast. And so you got to get the content out there flying fast as well. Well, hopefully we'll be able to do that this week, Joe, as we uh, answer the questions for the week, whether it's player and team outlooks, dynasty slants, DFS rants, you name it. But 
as usual, we'd be remiss not to dive in. Uh, first, Joe, you've had some uh, recent super, super duper solid tourney finishes on the sites here, as you are so wont to do. Uh, so on your Twitch stream here, you talk a little bit about your process, what got you to where you landed from a DFS perspective, and what tools you use. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so on Tuesdays, uh, I do a live show that kind of breaks down uh, the week before. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, I, I primarily uh, play single-entry tournaments at the mid to high stakes, so like the 1K to 2K level. Um, so the big thing with that, though, is I'm primarily attacking really small field sizes, so tournaments with less than 100 people. So, yeah, you have to kind of play against a lot of really sharp players, CSU Ram, a lot of other pros. Um, but at the same time, field size matters a ton. So I think that people get a little bit too contrarian in these. So like my strategy so far has just been to build what I think is pretty much optimal at a cash type level and then maybe correlate a little bit more uh, just slightly. So that's kind of it's worked so far. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I really should be cramping your style when you talk about contest selection. And, I mean, this is the type of crap I should have been doing a long time ago, right? Because I am, like, in just an overall, I'm an optimal type of guy. My brain thinks in, like, a cash mindset, you know, okay, whether it's NFL, NBA, like, I'm always looking to best optimize and, and get down to that core group of guys. So to be able to do that against a smaller field and basically just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to hope that other people make mistakes and I'm going to roll out optimal lineups. I mean, that's the strategy we should be taking versus trying to figure out who that 0.1% owned dude is to be able to beat 100,000 people in a tournament here. So as we head into week nine here, uh, give us a little nibble leading into the weekend, Joe. What situation is catching your eye, whether it's for seasonal cash games or GPP strategy? Yeah, contest selection is awesome. I, I could talk about that all day, but I think you're on kind of the right track there. It's something I wish I would have done earlier, too, to be completely honest. Uh, as far as week nine, um, still pretty early in the week as far as research goes. But one of the things actually really stood out to me on Twitter, uh, Bales tweeted out a screenshot from our trends tool. So we can basically go in and filter all these different situations. And one of the ones that really stands out uh, this week is opponents in their second divisional game. So one of the guys that we'll be looking at this week is Ben Roethlisberger against Baltimore. Uh, quarterbacks have averaged two-plus fewer points per game and reached their expectation only 40% of the time. Um, so that's a pretty big difference relative to the first division game for some of these teams. So it might be a week to go short on Big Ben. Yeah, that's that's just sound advice there going against uh, just a stout defense on the road here. Uh, I think he had a laceration or something wrong with his left hand, not his throwing arm or anything, but yeah, just something that we've seen time and time again with Ben on the road here. At some point, these splits have to have some sort of reality behind them, right? I mean, KC, you know, playing an arrowhead, like we know that's that's legit, right? Ben Rott on the road, whatever it is, who knows? Uh, and then you can get into primetime games and how he slaughters those, right? But uh yeah, that's definitely an offense that I'm probably going to be a little bit lower on this weekend here. But hopefully everyone out there is going to be paying attention along the way here on Rotoviz Radio. If you are not a member over at rotaviz.com and you're listening to these airwaves, you're going to get a 30% discount to our NFL podcast homepage over there at rotaviz.com slash podcast. And that subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports this very pod. You can also support this pod by subscribing to uh, the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. You can hit up the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed over there on Spreaker as well. 
doesn't matter what podcast app you use, just search Fantasy Football Mailbag, and we're going to pull up right there. And uh, we also have a patronship going on, folks. I, I don't know how else to say it, so I just kind of say it. Look, don't be a freeloader. Like, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, but it's talking about, like, or just setting up you know, guest arrangements with the great Joe Holka here, talking about getting the outline together, getting the show produced, aired, and then on the waves into your podcast feed. We're talking at least five hours an episode, and we give you 40, uh, 40 shows a month. Just all you got to do is give us five bucks a month. Just give us five bucks a month. What, how much did you spend on Halloween candy for your kids to be able to trick or treat? today uh this week whenever it is even if you're going to the to the local mall here to take them to a trunk or treat or something for crying out loud right like five dollars a month save the starbucks and send it our way just kick it our way show us a little love and we're going to show you a little love back every single sunday morning we're going to do the word of his live feed uh that's about 11 a.m eastern time every day join us and we're going to answer all your questions again that's dynasty redraft seasonal dfs it doesn't matter just hit us up get on over there it is a great and growing community and all it costs is five dollars a month so again that is patreon.com slash road of his radio and if you have any questions you want answered on this show email us word of his radio at gmail.com and we'll go ahead and get those set up for you as well all right joe uh it's funny i have uh, your, your counterpart your peer your partner in crime i i left his name ian here on the show sheet for next week so we'll give a we'll give him a little drop here uh so joe let's dive in for the qqs for the week here we go redraft ppr uh just when i thought it was safe to drop fitz magic winston is benched and fitz is back in the saddle now i lost winston and I don't have, uh, I did not win the bid back on Fitzmagic here. So do I now look at Case Keenum, Alex Smith, or Joe Flacco this week? That is just, that's a bad beat, Joe. I mean, if there's ever a bad beat, that is a bad fucking beat. Yeah. Uh, first off, Ian, Ian's a pretty tough act to follow. That guy is an absolute machine. <laughs> um, as far as your question goes, I think it's, it's gross, but it's probably Alex Smith for me. I mean, home favorite quarterback. I mean, in spite of all these injuries on defense, like Atlanta's middle of the pack in yards per attempt, um, but they're kind of playing back, forcing teams to throw short, um, just kind of swarming to the ball after the catch. So it, it, it sh- shapes up really well for what Alex Smith likes to do, what he prefers to do. Um, and this Falcons team, I mean, they're, they're allowing a bottom three A dot, but they also are top 10 in yards after the catch allowed per reception. So really like Alex Smith and some of those guys, um, Specifically, uh, the pass catching running backs, hopefully Thompson a little bit. We'll see what happens with that. But, uh, Alex Smith for me. Yeah, I'll take the floor there as well. You're not going to get much ceiling out of Alex Smith these days, but, uh, I'll take the floor there. Hopefully we can get a healthy Chris Thompson back in the mix here because the matchup dictate, dictates that, you know, this is an acceleration type of game for one CT there as well. We'll see how that goes. I kind of like Keith Keenum this week as well. You know, he's just another tried and true. Don't watch the game type of, uh, the play that th- a dart throw there. Going to have a little bit more concentration there in the past game. So probably more of uh, unlike a seasonal type of pick, you know, if you're looking for a deep um, high field tourney play, Case Keenum, you know, maybe you're not going to get much differentiation there. But if you take it with Cortland Sutton and you you add one of the secondary wide receivers there, maybe you got something going. Uh, next one here, Joe, you got redraft PPR rest of season. Can you rank these guys between Aaron Jones, Lamar Miller, 
Kenyon Drake and Philip Lindsay. I need to sell one of these guys to try to get up uh, for a more stable wide receiver core here. So Lamar Miller, somebody I was high on in the offseason, finally showing me I wasn't completely insane on just the overall math uh, opportunity play there. And Kenyon Drake, like we we like to see more, but he doesn't see the field enough. So what say you? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that Drake's probably last of that list. Um, kind of surprised me, but I, I think that Philip Lindsay might be one of the top options out of that group now. He's averaged 5.7 yards per carry, 7.6 yards per reception. And Devontae Booker is basically just going to continue to waste the Broncos' time on passing downs. But I still think Lindsay's going to soak up a good majority of those touches until Freeman returns. So if that ankle kind of lingers on, uh, I actually really like Lindsay out of that group. Yep, I'm with you there as well. Aaron Jones, like we just saw it, so there's some recency bias there. But, I mean, who's to say uh, Mike Mo- – I, o- I almost called him Mike McCarthy, Mike Holmgren. Like, is there a difference between Mike McCarthy and Mike Holmgren? There there probably isn't, right? Like, they're, they're, no. <laughs> they're the same shitty guy here. Uh, but, yeah, he can just as easily go back to Jamal Williams there. Uh, Joe, give me your best and worst purchases you've ever made. You know, I thought about this one for a little while and kept going back to the same one. It's actually one and the same. Uh, it was the best and worst purchase I've ever made. So an engagement ring. Obviously, the worst part of that is that I'm not married. But the best part of that is it funded my bankroll in DFS and never really looked back after that. Uh, so kind of fell into fell into this job uh, through a pretty shitty situation. But So I guess it's kind of the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. Well, I'm... I'm- completely sorry things didn't work out. I mean that from the bottom of my, of my heart. But, I mean, if there is a way to parlay something into success, Joe, I mean, my man, you, you built a, a solid bankroll. You, you got a nice, you know, stream going here. You got a solid job where, I mean, you're just, you know, you're basically here talking about what you love on a day, day-to-day basis. So, I mean, if anything can go wrong and you're parlaying that into something here, I mean, I, I'd say you're doing something right. Yeah, somehow I fooled a Vikings cheerleader into kind of coming to me on the next one around. So I, I guess it all worked out in the end. Boom. There it is. And I mean, that's, that's like the icing on the cake right there. That's, that's really the way it all works. Uh, DFS here, Joe, unless I'm missing something. Uh, this is an interesting question. I feel like I'm lost, uh, early glance of running back this week. Uh, I get the Todd Gurley's price went down, given the matchup. Are we still jamming him in versus Nolens? Kamara gets a good discount, but for a timeshare and is not so great matchup, is it really a discount? I think I'm leaning more on lowering my volume and expectations this week because I really just want uh, to go with guys like Tariq Cohen and Adrian Peterson, which means it's probably a better GPP week for me. Um, so, so what do you got on this one? You know, I, I think, you know, after the the Cortland Sutton news, like you've got the value wide receiver group to be able to get up to Gurley now. Uh, potentially, we're going to be watching Torrey Smith's injury here. We might have another value wide receiver and someone like DJ Moore. So, I think you can parlay Gurley and 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 still use him. It looks like Dalvin Cook's going to be out. So, I mean, Latavius Murray, like those aforementioned running backs we just talked about, Lamar Miller, Kenyon Drake. I, you know, I think those are like secondary type plays. But in that range, I'd rather go with La, Latavius Murray and and Gurley. That seems like the way I'm shaking out so far. Uh, what got, what do you got on that one? Yeah, I'm like probably the worst person to ask about this because I am like the chalkiest person of all time. Like I pay up for <laughs> running backs basically every week. Um, so Cohen and AP, I would have to kind of get talked into them as the week goes on. Like you said, we do have the 
the Cortland Sutton value already that's opened up. So just not paying up for Gurley's absurd role, even in a tough matchup, isn't something I see myself doing. Um, Kamara right there in the same game. Like I get it. His involvement in the passing game negates a lot of the impact that Ingram has for me. So some of the early lineups that I've built, obviously it's super early in the week, but it's pretty easy to get both of them and then pay down elsewhere. I'd be surprised if I get off that. Yeah, the only reason I might get off my Kamara here, and I think, you know, I, lit, I need a little bit more solidified um, news coming in, but, I mean, I, I think in even – price things considered like I definitely want McCaffrey this week given the matchup out of the backfield and that that prime plus matchup to pair with Gurley as well and I know I'm not going to be able to afford all three so it's you know it maybe I I look to a Gurley fade I I doubt it Joe I mean I say that all the time uh, but I mean, you, yeah, you could you could use Kamara, you can use McCaffrey, you can use Murray. So I mean, we've got the plays lined up there. Last week we got away with it, right? I think I, I built three cash lineups. I put Gurley in two of them, but in one of them I used Connor and Mixon, and that one outperformed the Gurley lineup. Despite it, 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 it didn't matter whether he went down before that last touchdown or not. So it, it can actually be. really matters for me, to be honest. Oh. Uh, so he was eighteen uh, percent owned in the fifteen hundred entry. Um, I ended up did playing Gurley. I played Gurley, Connor, and Carry on um, as my running back core. So yeah, him going down uh, cost me quite a bit of money last week. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you that there was a lot of rosters that made a lot more sense to fade him. It's just not something that ever really feels comfortable. Like it, it, we might be looking back at his role and realizing that it was just such a unique situation that we were just getting way too cute by worrying about his price. Like he he could be an 11k player and maybe still be. Um, a reasonably priced asset based on his volume. So uh, I'm still going to keep firing at him. Yeah, with you there as well. I believe on FanDuel he's still above 11K, so roster construction a little bit different over there. It's going to be uh, interesting to shake that out during the week as well. Joe, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? Man, these questions took me forever when I was looking at them. I'm like the worst. I'm like the worst at this stuff. But I, I landed on an airplane so that I could travel the world, but for free, kind of see how it feels to fly at the same time. I guess that's still considering if I did have a consciousness, but uh, I'll say an airplane. Now, if it was um, a, a specific airline company, what would it be? Would it be like, like, give me, uh, give me your worst airline. Like we all have that bad airline story. Like which one would for you not me, be? For me, it's Delta. Cause I'm, I'm tall. I'm six, four. So any type of terrible leg room is just like, I'm out on that. So, you know, normally it's just Delta trying to jam in as many people as they can. Uh, so I'll say anything but Delta. <laughs> they all do that too, right? Like you got to pay an extra 40, 50 bucks at least just to get like another six inches of foot room for crying out loud. Like it is just absolutely unacceptable. It's like they, they think we're just, we're, we're a bunch of little people flying on an airplane that just want to jam on top of each other and smell old beer farts. And, and, and while we're on the subject of airlines, give me, give me your airplane etiquette here, Joe. Like, is it okay to buy McDonald's in the terminal and bring it on the airplane and eat it? Absolutely not. I, I think that that's one of like the most ridiculous things you can do. You're, you're gonna, you're already enclosed, breathing in other people's air, breathing in other people's coughs. Like I just don't want to smell McDonald's the entire flight. Um, and you know that you will. That person could be five, six rows ahead of you. You're still going to smell it. And McDonald's is one of the best things in the world. They're eating it. But when you're not, it's definitely not a, a smell you want to be smelling the entire flight. It's just unacceptable. There's a reason it's at the terminal and they don't sell it on the stinking airplane. Like, 
get there five minutes early, shove it down on your way to the damn gate for crying out loud. Like, just be considerate. You know, that's all we ask is just be considerate. Uh, next one here we have Joe Redraft. Start three out of Randall Cobb, Mark Ingram, John Brown, Gronkowski, and Tariq Cohen. How sad is it that it's not a lock for this question asker person, thingamajobber, to use Gronk in this situation? Yeah, I was kind of confused on your question until I looked at it, and yeah, it's it's definitely not a lock. I actually think that Gronk's probably the one of the ones you fade. I think you probably go Ingram, John Brown, Cohen. For me, um, I think Ingram ha- has enough of a role to where just going to those running backs for me makes a lot more sense than someone like like Randall Cobb, um, John Brown. I think he's in a decent bounce back spot after underperforming last week. So yeah, it's. It's kind of scary, but I think the fades out of that group are Cobb and Gronk for me. I, I did not think we would get to this point. I mean, in the offseason, we talked about, you know, Gronk being a little bit less interested, maybe trying to get in to, to the movie biz and all that jazz, right? And I just, I didn't think we would be here where, you know, they'd be so in dire straits to the point where Rob Gronkowski is more value to that team right now as a right tackle for crying out loud. Like, the how best, many- the best. The best thing that ever happened to me is like Gronk always buries me in DFS, like always. Like every time I play Gronk, he buries me. And actually, in week one, we had all this value, so I ended up playing Gronk, had a great week, and then I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't have to play the rest of the year. So I haven't, <laughs> th- I haven't even thought about it since then. Yeah, you got everything back, right? Like all was right in the world. You got it back from Gronk, and then it's like I, I got one I needed. Thank you for your services. We're we're done here because yeah, I mean. See you next- it, yeah, I mean, you're, you're taking unders across the board. I mean, you're taking unders on reception totals. You're taking unders on, on overall receiving yardage right now. I mean, they're giving, you know, backfield carries to Cordero Patterson for crying out loud. Like, if there's an, ever an under situation for a player right now and somebody like Gronkowski, that, that's where you go. And I, I go over to my bookie. I think it's fun. And, I mean, look, watching the games is fun. Playing fantasy football is fun, but let me get a little action on the game on the side, right? Like, you have to. You've heard me talking about it for weeks now, and some of you guys out there are still on the sidelines. Look, whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to get a little bit on the line and but win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can probably create a pretty big parlay and get better odds on that. Just pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn 100 into 600. There is so much to bet on. Playoff baseball is over now, but we have hockey picking up right where that left off. NBA is in fire mode right now. I mean, I never thought we would have Detroit away to Brooklyn and be two-point dogs, 2.5-point dogs right now. And, I mean, you know, maybe that's somewhere you want to take a look. I mean, the Lakers are in the highest total game for this this slate. So this is just something. We've got primetime fights and more. My bookie is the one bet I know you're going to be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. That's it. My bookie has been in business for years, and they've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is banging. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar but you got to join now because this offer is going to be pulled soon log into my bookie right now and double your money use promo code rotoviz and you will get your first deposit matched 100 percent. again that's promo code rotoviz you play you win you get paid joe moving on to the fuck mary kill 2018 back from the dead uh, this is an interesting list. I don't know which way to go with this one, so I'm interested to hear which way you go with this. So we've got Devontae Parker, who, by the way, I was pummeling 
in best ball. Like Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, like rounds 8 and 10 or whatever it was, it was like, give me it all, along with Lamar Miller. So like up until last week, it was like I'm just eating dead across all my yeah. best ball leagues, right? So maybe we got some hope with Devontae Parker. Uh, on Antonio Callaway, uh, he actually gets in the end zone, and now we've got new coaching. I don't know what's going on over there in Cleveland. And then Greg Olson, like I thought he was dead, and he comes back from the dead. And now we get this prime matchup in Tampa Bay, so what say you? I honestly thought that this was pretty easy. I, I filled this out in about 13 <laughs> seconds. Um, definitely going to fuck Antonio Callaway just because of what you said. Like, there's no more Hugh Jackson. I just have this weird infatuation with Cleveland um, wide receivers just because I think some of these guys have so much upside that hasn't been tapped into yet. Antonio Callaway, one of those, like, preseason heroes for me this year. So um, definitely going to fuck Antonio Callaway. Um I'm going to marry Greg Olson, just Mr. Reliable. Uh, he's definitely been willing to battle through some tough times. He's gone through some injuries, but you know he's always going to be there for you in the end. So I really like uh, Greg Olson. I'll marry him. Uh, definitely killing Devontae Parker. That was the first one. Um, mostly just because I never get this guy right, like ever. Um, I, there's always like the guy that you think is going to have a great offseason. There's all this hype about him. You mentioned pounding him in best balls. I was definitely on that train as well. Um, and then he has gets to blow up week out of nowhere in DFS when I, he's nowhere near my radar. So definitely killing Devontae Parker. It's it's just not fair to him. Like, can we not? Can we maybe salvage Parker and and kill Gase? Like, how, how bad is yeah. it that like you're gonna trade this dude? You you basically talk shit about this dude all season. How he's not worthy, and then you've got no chance, uh, no choice but to play him when everybody else gets injured, and the dude just balls out and just makes you look like a complete imbecile, right? Like, if you yeah. were Adam Gaze, you were almost rooting for him to fail so you didn't look like a complete and utter jackass at that point. You know what I mean? Man, it's it. Some of the coaches in the NFL, you look at some of the assets around the league that are just either underutilized or just not used the way they should be. It's really a shame because, like, a lot of times, I think that we're on some of the right situations. It just doesn't really work out from kind of a usage and coaching perspective. So it's tough because um, it, it's almost easier to attack some of these teams where we really know that the coaches are looking at the right thing. So, like, for example, like the Rams this year, there's been times where it's like, okay. It makes so much sense for it to be Robert Woods week or it makes so much sense for it to be Cooper Cup week. And it's actually what he does because he's looking at the same things we are. So it's really hard to peg some of these other teams. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, and with the Cleveland situation, I joked just recently that, I mean, we should just turn the play calling duties over to like the fantasy football uh, uh, elite, you know, elite of the elite to just get in there and do the play calling at the very least. I mean, they don't have anything to lose. They're already in the gutter. I mean, I guarantee you we could collectively put our heads together and call better plays there. And at the, and I mean, AI, I mean, let's, let's be real. Play calling, I mean, is a probabilistic outcome. You can be able to look at the down distance, you know, the defensive tendencies, you know, how long to go, all that jazz. I mean, we can come up with the best probabilistic outcome for those plays. And I just think like the coaching is just, it's just, it's just so bad. It, it's, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to move on yeah. from here because I'm just, it tilts me to no other Joe. Yeah. I've heard some people talk about it too. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Like maybe not so much play calling. Um, Cause I think that in the moment is maybe more difficult than we realize, but um, as far as the probabilistic stuff, like look at Doug Peterson and the Eagles. He just has someone in his ear the whole game, like someone they paid to run all those numbers and make sure that they're doing the optimal 
play calling. Like that's stuff that just should be a lock. Like you, you're in the NFL, you just pay that guy to give you the answer because there is an answer. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on it. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna kick the field goal here because we don't trust our offense, but you know, we don't trust the defense, so we're gonna go kick an onside kick after. Like, just come on, guys, just, just stop. Uh, all right, Joe, if you were to get, uh, if you were to get full reign to redesign the food pyramid, what would the Hulk of food pyramid look like? Yes, yeah, I eat pretty healthy actually, but I do love my carbs, so that'd be the most important one for sure. Um, outside of that, kind of a meat and potatoes person. Um, yeah, this one was a little bit difficult because I, I do eat pretty healthy, so mine wouldn't look too much different um, outside of maybe inflating the carbs a little bit. And inflating the carbs, the carbs before game day, right? Like before you're, yeah. you're, you're going to submit like noon lineups on a Sunday, right? Like you got to eat all the pasta the night before, right? Like we need optimal energy solutions before we're setting DFS lineups too, right? Yeah, it's a must. You get your... You get your pregame nap in, like you get your meal. It's it's just how it is. Yeah, may, maybe that's why I had a little bit of a rut there in 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 DFS in in the off season and some of these other sports because uh, I just I, I don't get much sleep lately, Joe. You know, like sleep is the most underrated thing. Like when people tell you, like oh, I can sleep when I'm dead, like they're idiots. Like it's, I can tell you firsthand, I don't get enough sleep and it's awful. I cannot wait to get more sleep as these kids grow up. And that will be the most optimal solution here. So uh, Arizona, Byron Leftwich, he got some sleep. Apparently he was up all hours of the night um, just scheming and just, you know, just, just having a having an awesome old time talking about what they're going to do with the offense. And uh, this next question here is about Arizona. They looked kind of bad here, Joe, uh, but the main skill position players, they did get there. Was it more a byproduct of the matchup? Uh, you know, they made efforts to get DJ open in space as a wide receiver, but you can count those opportunities on one hand. And also, what about Cleveland now with no Huey and Haley? I think Huey and Haley would make a pretty nice uh, reality TV series for these dolts, too. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit. Last week, it was more of a price thing in DFS for me that I ended up playing Fitz on my main team just because if there was one guy that has been involved in this Arians offense and knows the ins and outs of it, it made sense that he'd be a little bit more involved um, and his price was too low. But I also think it's going to be a, a process with this team, right? Like it's, it's not going to be something that just fixes overnight. It was nice to see them attempt to get DJ open in some space, like you said, um, but at the same time, um, this offense has just stalled out uh, most of the year. So it, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. It's definitely going to be something that they improve on over the bye, I believe. Um, but I do think that it was a decent enough matchup to take some shots on some of those guys last week. As far as the Cleveland side of things, I'm definitely excited about um, some of their skill position players just because I actually think that they've done relatively well in the draft. They just haven't really had a coach that could put it all together on the field for them. So definitely bullish on Cleveland. Man, yeah, I'm I'm with you across the board. I I don't know what to do with Cleveland yet. Like, jeez, I just I I feel like I still need to see it happen. Like, I'm going back to the well with with guys like Njoku. I'm gonna go back to the well with guys like Jarvis here. I just I don't know, man. I is it is it too late? Like, this is where you don't see it on the stat sheet, but is it just like the team is gonna complete and utter just quit? You know what I mean? Kind of like what we're starting to see. 
in Oakland. I don't know. I can't, maybe I'm just talking pretty egregious. They did put up 28 points last week. So I don't know. I, I think I'm just, it's like a bad relationship with Cleveland, like a toxic relationship. I keep going back to because of the, the Sashi days. And I just want, I want what's best for all that team. You know what I mean? I want them to get out of Dante's Inferno. I actually think kind of the opposite. I think sometimes when this happens with a coach, specifically a coach that I'm sure a lot of people were not impressed with um, as a skill position players, I, I think it kind of re-energizes them a little bit because now they know that things are going to be different, hopefully. Um, yeah, I mean, I had Njoku last week too, but he's, he's a guy that I'm not scared to go back to, that's for sure. All right, next one here, Joe. Uh, redraft, any idea why Martavis saw 12, uh, I think it was actually seven snaps last week after all that coach speak? Gruden did seem to use Doug Martin more than I thought he would, but is Jalen Richard still the guy to target in that backfield? Is Martavis droppable? And is uh, Brandon LaFell and Seth Roberts here to stay? I really expected more out of Jordy last week. So another one, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make sense of. Like, is this just Martavis? Like, he just can't learn the playbook i i don't know if i've seen any news reports come out on this one yeah i mean i'm not sure if there's anything pending on that side of things but as far as like the rational coaching goes it's really hard to project what john gruden's gonna do um so richard i think is by far the safest guy just because of his passing game involvement i think that his role is going to remain um pretty steady with that like these other guys martavis lafell roberts um it's going to be frustrating. I, I, I don't know if Martavis is droppable just because of the talent, but there comes a point where if you can't trust their their upside as far as the way they're being used, it's just going to be a really frustrating situation for both DFS and season long. Like Jordy's going to carry a safe floor, but he's going to have a really low ceiling. All the guy does is catch the ball and fall down at this point. So I think the other guys are mostly just flyers at this point too. Marte, all the Martavis Bryant showdown slate. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Maybe maybe he gets 14 snaps instead of seven snaps, and one of them goes for 80 yards and a touchdown. That's what we're going for, right? Um, Joe, if you had a Shark Tank app idea that does not exist today, what would it be? Yeah, I'm going to go with an app that does all of my DFS research for me so that I can actually go outside during the week. <laughs> we, That'd be very helpful. We live in a lair, a bat lair. That's pretty much what we feel like every single week. We got to get out of the house. We got to make excuses. I mean, I started coaching, uh, you know, kitty soccer for crying out loud, just so I can get out of the house and uh, probably more live a little bit more vicariously through my kids because uh, I'm I'm getting old and I sit in front of a computer in a lair. So yeah, I'm right there with you. And on the research side, you know, yeah, man. You kind of already have that if we're not if we're not lying, right? I mean, like the labs, you guys do some great tools over there. I mean, all the work is already done for you. Go ahead and build up that model, hit it up, and then you you've got half of the work done for you. Um, so shameless plug there. Uh, next one here, Joe DFS. Can you talk? To tight ends this week, I like the Reed, Olsen, and Joku range. Surprisingly, only Olsen is one I think I can trust right now. I'd like to use Howard, but his Fitzmagic splits are bad, although I'm not sure I should even be reading into this at this point. Joe, I, I've kind of struggled this week with tight ends myself. It kind of feels like a week where, you know, after all the value shakes out, I just want to go up to Kelsey. 
He's like the only guy, you know, when you think about it from a positional scarcity perspective. And if I don't end up going up to Kelsey, like I might just say, you know what, Jeff Auerman, Jordan Thomas, whatever, 2.5, 2.6, maybe you get me a touchdown, maybe you don't. Uh, apparently last week I proved we can, we're a little bit insulated from zeros. Yeah, so I'm probably the worst person asked about tight end because I pretty much locked in five or less points most weeks this entire year. But uh, the problem with Kelsey for me is basically what you're saying. There's there's position scarcity, but there's a big difference between paying up for Kelsey and paying all the way down for a guy that's around 3K. Uh, it's different than some of the other positions. Like you can pay all the way down a quarterback, but you're still only like 2K or max from a guy like Mahomes, or you pay down. At defense, um, you can basically pay down for another 1500 and have a pretty decent home favorite defense. So at tight end, getting all the way up to Kelsey is something that's really tough to do in lineup construction this week. I mean, he's definitely the top raw point play, even against Cleveland's second best team against tight ends per DVOA. Um, but he's probably not a lineup construction play I'll make. Uh, I do think that Olsen stands out, so I agree with you there. Um, just a cheap tight end with a high team total. Tight end is so skewed by touchdowns. But that's always kind of the strategy I go with, just trying to attack some of these higher total games um, in a kind of game situation that we like. So Olsen um, in that high total makes sense for me. I'm kind of nervous for this week, Joe, because if we end up finding out that Torrey Smith isn't in, all of a sudden I'm going to look back at my at my cash team and I'm going to have Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Greg Olsen, and then somehow they fart and I'm going to look back and go, what happened? What went wrong? Like, and I just went complete onslaught in cash game. But, like, it's Tampa. That's what you do, you onslaught. You know what I mean? So this is where it's like you got to throw away some of those conservative cash game values, so to speak. And I don't know. Maybe it's a risk-reward thing. But, like, I know it's off topic here. But, like, if you were going to limit Carolina exposure this week, like, let's say Torrey is is not in, like, would you would you put in an arbitrary limit on your exposure in cash games or just say the hell with it? I honestly don't think it matters. I, I think that you can even go the other way in some ways in your mindset, right? Because all these guys are relatively cheap, which is great. So you're still going to be able to get in the other guys like Gurley around your lineup. So the price is what matters. And then if you're really trying to capture all the touchdowns in this game, if you can do it for a cheap price and get in some of these other players, I, I, I don't think it really matters. I, I think that if you limit your Carolina exposure and the other guy goes off that you don't have, that's what buries you. So I think going at all of them actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. And uh, I know this one's off. Uh, we're riffing here a little bit. But uh, Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick here. I mean, both of these guys are going to be popping in any projection model. The Tampa quarterback, whomever it is in Carolina, uh, gets gets Tampa on the other side of that via Cam. And I know you can save 500 down uh, to get to, to Fitz Magic there. Uh, you know, I know people are going to talk about bench risk. I don't, I, I don't see how they're going to bench – Fitzmagic in this game like they just took Winston out it seems like it almost behooves them now to keep rolling with Fitzmagic and I think there's some contractual implications where if Winston does indeed get injured then he's guaranteed some additional salary maybe they don't want to go that way so I think it's it's back to Fitzmagic at least for this week having said that it is just a brutally smash smash spot for Cam so I guess you know if you've got 500 or are you just starting at Cam? Yeah, I'm starting at Cam probably just because I love the rushing upside that you get from that. I mean, you're talking to a guy that plays field sizes of 100 people or less. Like, I'll take that rushing floor all day. Uh, but I, I mean, 
there's definitely something to be said for the savings with Fitzpatrick. He's had a lot of chemistry with these wide receivers, especially Deshaun Jackson deep. So um, I definitely think that it's viable just because there's going to be points in this game scored. But Cam's the guy that I'm really trying to prioritize. All right, very good. Here we go. Week 9 rapid fire, Joe. Here we go. Melvin Gordon or Alvin Kamara? Kamara for me. Lamar Miller or Tariq Cohen? Cohen. Michael Thomas or Mike Evans? Michael Thomas. Julian Edelman or Taylor Gabriel? Edelman. Jordan Reed, asshole, or Jimmy Graham? I'll go Jimmy Graham. (laughs) Greg Olson or Kyle Rudolph? Greg Olson. Cam Newton or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Pat Mahomey? Yeah, that's tough. I'll still go Cam. I love Cam this week. Yeah, and and after last week, you're gonna, you know, you you inherently want to just jam Pat Mahomes into your lineups here, but I still think Cam's definitely the better play right there with you. And Jared Goff or Drew Brees? Drew Brees for me. I feel like I picked all the Saints, but yeah, I'll go Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, Michael Thomas is definitely someone in my crosshairs for this week. Uh, a little bit of a price discount there as well. All right, Joe, take a favorite or popular movie. Change one letter in the title. What's the new movie? What's it all about? So one of my favorite movies of all time is Happy Gilmore. I think I can recite the entire movie without it even playing in the background. And I'm going to change the first letter to Rappy Gilmore. So essentially, <laughs> he's he's a rapper uh, instead of a golfer. So he's he's got to get a bunch of money to save his grandma's house by rapping on the side. Uh, he gets uh <laughs> does all these different uh, rap battles and stuff. That is, that is so glorious. I mean, imagine the possibilities. Like, instead of a, a punch-out, like, Bob Barker doesn't, like, just jack him in the nose, right? Like, they get they literally get into a freestyle. A freestyle battle between Adam Sandler and Bob Barker. Who would who would win that? I'm going to go with Adam Sandler. I'm, 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 I'm more interested, I think, in the Shooter McGavin versus Happy Gilmore <laughs> rap battle. Um, I think that would be the one I'd want to see. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt there. And, I mean, the dream, like, imagine the possibilities with the dream sequence. Like, that's where you can introduce Eminem, you can introduce Dr. Dre into these, and then, like, ah, oh, just, this is this might be the best one ever, Joe. And what's sad about this is that there is an entire, I'd say, like, 25% of the, the RV Nation, you know, maybe a little bit younger and might not have seen Happy Gilmore. Like, I do that's know... True? Definitively, there are people that have not seen Billy Madison, and it just breaks my heart. Oh my God! I mean, maybe I'm getting older. I'm 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 28, and like Happy Gilmore is like an absolute staple for me. So that's See, disappointing, actually. I think you're at like 28. You're like the lowest point of the threshold before you get into like 24 and 25 year olds. If you think about it, I mean, they they didn't grow up with these movies, right? Like it wasn't a staple of of their life. I mean, it just it it it's I don't know. I don't know. It's Adam Sandler to them would be like just some old dude that should never make movies. But in our time, I mean, he was everything. I mean, Billy oh, yeah. Madison. Veronica Vaughn, ooh, want to touch the high knee. Uh, I'm sorry, moving on from there. You imagine what it'd be like if she did, though, right? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. All right, redraft. Woo, redraft. Week 9 defenses. Uh, we've got the Jets, the Dolphins, or Texans. Not a lot to love this week. What do you got? Um, I'll go with Miami. Uh, I think that these are really close, but anytime you can skew towards the home favorite defense, that's normally what I'm going to do. Darnold, second highest interception rate over the past year on the entire slate. So Miami, kind of middle of the pack as far as pressure goes, but I think those other uh, kind of peripheral things uh, skew them to me. 
Yep, with you there as well. And if uh, from a DFS perspective, you find yourself needing another three or four hundred dollars or whatever, like just go ahead and take them out and put in the Ravens at two point five. I, you know, maybe a little bit more high risk, but I mean, you know, even against Pittsburgh on the road, like I think I think they're fine. Am I that mm-hmm. crazy? No, I agree with you. I think that that was the next one I had on my list. Awesome, awesome. All right, redraft PPR, start two out of Nick Chubb, Keenan Allen, or Carrion Johnson. What's the latest on the Chubb Duke John- Duke Johnson? It is 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 uh, El Duque healthy right now? Yeah, I mean it, it is Wednesday as we're recording this, so definitely keep an eye on that throughout the week. Um, at least for picking two of these guys, Keenan Allen is the one that uh, stood out to me right away as the number one, but uh, probably going to go with Carrion as the next guy, just a little bit more. Secure workload in the passing game, which obviously matters to me. Uh, it's it's not a great matchup for Chubb or Carry On, of course, but uh, I think he has a little bit of a safer floor in the PPR kind of uh, scoring. All right, Joe, the moment in history that you would choose to go back in time to witness in person. Yeah, not everyone knows this, but I played D1 hockey and a little bit of minor pro hockey, so I'll say Miracle on Ice. Uh, so I kind of grew up, um, obviously I wasn't around for when this all happened but like i was uh watching the movie when i was growing up playing it the movie was coming out it was a huge deal so like i think going back in time to see that in person would have been really cool yeah that's a that's a great one see so i mean oh gosh i i Hockey, just such a great sport. I never got into it as much because, uh, as you can see, we're actually uh, doing a live tape in here. I got these big glasses on, right? And uh, I don't see very well. So, like, even the puck, when I'm watching hockey on TV, like it's it's a little bit more difficult for me to keep up with the action to see what's going on. So just just unfortunate. Played a lot of keeper in uh, in, in soccer. Always wanted to be a hockey goalie. Just uh, wasn't able to make that one work. But, uh, you know, back back to this age thing. So, like, you're 28. This is this definitely after the Mighty Duck time frame. You mentioned Miracle on Ice. What about what about the Mighty Ducks? Is was that a staple oh, for you growing up? Oh yeah, I've seen all those multiple times. Kind of the same kind of thing. I can probably recite the whole movie still, <laughs> even though I haven't seen them in in years. Uh, I live in Minnesota now, so um, it was kind of a it's a big thing around here uh, from Arizona. But uh, definitely Mighty Ducks was uh, was another staple for sure. The the flying V, the flying V. That's what it's all about. Um, I think I actually did a flying V with my kid's soccer game a couple weeks ago, just because why not? I'm teaching eight, seven, and eight year olds. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing the reverse formation here. It, it, it works in in offense, right? Because you just turn the V upside down on the other side of the field, and you're all good, right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, they probably have no idea where the flying V came from. Is the problem? Yeah, that's 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 entirely accurate and unfortunate. All right, Joe, uh, get us out of here. Sizzling, smoking, scorching, hot take for week nine. Man, I'm the worst at hot takes of all time. I originally <laughs> thought that maybe this would have been a decent one, but maybe it's not. I was going to say Corlin Sutton will be the highest owned wide receiver at 3,900 after this trade. Um, but, yeah, that's probably not very scorching. I think that's probably just fact. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, don't get cute out there. You know, a lot of people like to play the game theory, um, GTO game theory type of play, right, and and fade the highest-owned player just in principle alone. When you get a guy with increased opportunity, he's under 4K uh, on the sites. I mean, you just, you just don't fade that. It's going to hurt you more than it helps you. Like, even if he fails at 3.9, he was only 3.9. So don't be that guy trying to pivot and get cute and find somebody that outproduces him because you need to literally outproduce 
70% of the field, and it's just not a great way to start your day. Anything it's, just to tough. it's tough betting against a guy with talent like this at this price with an increased role. Like, yeah, I mean, if he fails, great, but he just buries you if he even gets, like, a somewhat decent day because, like you said, in cash games, he's going to be, like, 70% or something ridiculous. Even in tournaments, like, I, I think that people just get way too cute with these type of situations. Um this is not like a play last week where we had all these 4K wide receivers um, that were like, you could poke holes in them. Uh, Corlin Sutton does have a role change. He is a very talented guy. At 3,900, we need value. Like, I think he's just the guy you build around. Yeah. I mean, if, if DK knew or FanDuel knew this, that what his role and opportunity was before this news, I mean, you know, DK, he'd be a 6.5 type of player, maybe a 6.3, right? And, and probably in the low sevens on FanDuel, the way structures work over there. So don't think twice about it out there. Just make it happen. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. And again, if you have any questions you want answered, all you have to do is email us. We're at rotavisradio at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at rotavisradio. Uh, Joe, my man, always appreciate the time. Thanks for carving it out. Uh, give us the plugs. Give us the deets. Uh, where, where can we find you? What's going on? Yeah, all my work is at Fantasy Labs and the Action Network. And then pretty much outside of that, just uh, the Twitch stream. So twitch.tv slash Joe Holka. There it is. Get on over there and uh, make it happen. Again, at Joe Holka on the tweets and uh, twitch.tv slash Joe Holka. I'm Jeremy Hart. I'm Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.